Podmore Get Better is recorded in front of a live studio audience. Audience of two right now. Yes, the uh, hosts. Yeah, you and I. <laughs> I'm Tony Johnson. I'm Will Sandstead. And we are relatively fresh off the Austin tournament, the final tournament of the year of the PEGT season. Uh, and uh, say we did okay. Yeah. Uh, usually, unless I get some like a top four or something, I don't feel like super great about my result. Uh, but, you know, big field, tough field. Very large, yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, you uh, added to your win streak against me, so uh, another strike in the yeah in sorry, the shit column. Sorry, Jammy. We, uh, I don't I don't think either of us deserved to win that game. We're in sudden death on uh, the stream machine, but it's always fun. Um, to your point, big field, very good, very experienced field. Yeah, 156 qualifiers who played in the main event went through the qualifying all day on Saturday, which shout out to Power Events went incredibly smooth. I, don't, I could not believe how. I mean. It, it's the latest it's ever gone, but I still can't believe how quickly it finished. Like, I think we were done with the qualifier by about 10, which is truly a miracle. Yes. Like, uh, maybe it was even earlier than that. Maybe nine. I don't know. But, you know, by that long, by that point, you've been there for 12 hours, so you never... I mean, time is plus or minus an hour at that Yeah, point. we had we, we had talked about... We put the over-under, you know, one of Tony's touts going into this, that that qualifier was going to take... We thought till the over-under was midnight. Yeah. And then with playing two matches that night, I know you and I definitely thought that there was a real possibility we weren't going to get some of the folks' matches in. Yeah, and I, I think um, ultimately you know, they, they knew they were up against the clock, and so they did a really good job of paying attention to what machines were falling behind a little bit and then shifting things as necessary. Um, and, uh, yeah, we plowed through it. Uh, there was no real straggler machines, and uh, we got through it, and... Uh, Got onto the matches that night. Yeah, I think everyone was uh, pretty cognizant of the people who they were in the opposite flight of, but on the same machine. I think they were pretty cognizant of, okay, they're on hole 15, I need to be back here in five minutes. If I need to suck down a SIG quick, if I need to go take a dump or something, if I need to go uh, play a money shot over at Shooters, uh, (laughs) hopefully not too many people did that. That was a little side note in and of itself but I, I was really impressed i know going into this we talked about the top 32 and power events point leaders i believe there were 29 of the top 32 there yeah uh, so david duncan showed up david duncan showed up so that made it 29 so uh yeah i mean and uh, so maybe let's talk about the venue a little bit yeah so we got there uh, relatively early on friday mm-hmm. and, and we we're and up- i think fir- first thing we did oh. yep uh, cracked into some Blue Mountains. Yeah, mine was a tap beer, but uh, right, you've got the you've got the Blue Mountains today. I'm drinking the uh, go the Green Mountains. It's a fine beverage out of Wisconsin. The Hop Debacle from uh, Oso Brewing Company. Oso, Oso. There we go. Uh, so we got there relatively early on Friday. Our plane landed about ten, and we rolled on over. How's the rental house, which we'll talk about in a little while, uh, was not open yet, open for business, and so we rolled in there, and there was already controversy. Oh, yes. Because uh, the uh, location next door was trying to co-opt some of the Golden Sea players. L- literally 30 feet away. Yeah. No, and, and I heard the discussion. I saw some of the discussion on, on the Facebook group uh, the night before, and I'm like, wait, is it like just kind of around the corner, across yeah. the street? No, it's literally – it doesn't literally share a wall, but there's like a walkway between them. So, yeah. I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty tight, and uh, there was – they had moved in extra machines for the overflow traffic. Uh Ended up, uh, I would say, probably backfiring on their part. Yeah. Uh, and uh, ultimately, I think very few people went over there and played games. Um, and 
Yeah, but the, the, the venue itself, um, with what we ended up, 22 machines, um, got a little tight. Mm -hmm. uh, there were tighter spots than others. I think we probably could have, um, you know, in a pinch, maybe 25-ish machines. Uh, that, like, uh, the uh, the pit right by the big screen, the projection screen was getting yep. pretty tight. That's where we, we both qualified. So the stream machine was machine two. I was qualifying on machine three. And then you're kind of back-to-back -back with, with some more machines. And it got a little tight in that, uh, you know, once you got three or four people on a machine at a time, it, it got it got pretty tight. So uh, bumped into Brian Davis a few times. Yeah, in the crowd it was a little bit tight, but with a standard Golden Tee tournament of 80 to 110, maybe 120, this venue fully functional. I, I still give this venue a thumbs up for a first time yeah, Golden yeah. Tee experience. I think it's kind of hard to gauge 156 people in the same room, much less wives, girlfriends, boyfriends, uh, whoever else got brought along. I think there was maybe a mom or an aunt or an uncle or two. Uh, <laughs> And then, and then you throw in the wait staff, the bartenders, you throw in the people from Golden Tee, Golden Tee TV, Richard King, even though he was playing. So a lot of bodies in that damn room. And it was a little uncomfortable sometimes, but I think everyone kind of made it work. I, th I think everyone realized the situation we were in. Yeah, there, I mean, there's just not a lot of venues out there that um, are willing to give us that much space. Um, you know, I, I think after the fact, uh, maybe Steve was talking to the owner of the bar, the manager, and... And the manager was talking about how much beer we went through, first of all. Yes. And uh, he said, well, my uh, my beer distributor is definitely going to believe me next time. <laughs> uh, so I think he was getting a little pushback from his, he was asking for this, you know, a large amount of beer, and the beer mm -hmm. distributor just wasn't wanting to give it to him all at once. And once that distributor had to make his third trip to the bar, yeah. I think he finally realized, yeah. okay, he's actually giving me a real number. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, a new location always learns on the first one. Mm -hmm. uh, they learned... Uh, they they even learned mid tournament. They brought in a couple of uh, porta potties, yes, because uh, the bathroom situation was uh, could have been could have been bad, uh, but the the bathrooms out back helped a lot, um, kind of right by the smoking section and back. So that worked out pretty well. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think actually the desk where PEGT was set up was was perfect. Uh, kind of had a little microphone and a little. They were almost kind of cordoned off from the yeah. rest of us a little bit. That worked out pretty well. And then there was a little stage, which is where all the people that were announcing the stream kind of hung out. So I think we all kind of had our spots. Uh, some of those spots got a little tight at times, but I think overall it was great. Yeah. Uh, my only complaint, I think, about the venue would be, uh, you know, and I we talked about this ahead of time, the the craft beer situation. Uh, now just a couple doors down there was a brewery which had some extremely good craft beers, but the the one, uh, first of all, they were out of one of their IPAs already before we even walked mm -hmm. in the door uh and then the second one we quickly drank them out of and so uh i was down to a pretty uh pretty slim selection but uh yeah maybe next time we'll make sure they have plenty of ipa so speaking of unique craft beers you and brendan harris had the foresight to uh take advantage of the vast shipping network within the united states yes so uh b-man shipped uh so we had so let's Let's talk about the house. Okay. So we rented uh, we rented a Airbnb house while we were in uh, Austin. Uh, pretty much ten minute drive, would we say? Yeah. Ten With minute. Whataburger kind of, halfway between yeah, the just, bar and the just house. Perfectly equidistant. Um, so uh, it was five bedrooms and a loft, and you never know. Like you, you see the pictures online, and and, and it's just a picture of bedroom, and you don't know how the layout's going to be. So you're always a little nervous going in, and uh, I think it's exactly what we wanted, exactly what we needed. Uh, you know, you had a bedroom with the panda. I had a bedroom, 
Al Jazz had the master with the bidet. With a bidet, <laughs> uh, and he let us know all about that bidet Whew. early on. Yes. And uh, then CJ Burns, he had a bedroom, and then we had some couch slash loft guys uh, slash uh, outdoor sleeper, and we'll talk about him yes. a little bit later. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it worked out great, and I think uh, if the location uh, is going to have us back next year in the the 2020 Austin tournament then i think we'd definitely look at going back to that location yeah the, the airbnb location. uh great airbnb and there were some amazon packages there for the owner however there was a package addressed to you Tony. oh yeah yes so it was uh beer we shipped beer yes because uh, you know you never know about the local uh liquor store situation whether they're going to have good craft beer or, or not and so you know you don't need a lot because you know, it's kind of a, it's a late night thing get back to the get back to the uh the uh, house and have a beer or two but uh although we were pretty good on friday night we went back uh, pretty early and chilled in the hot tub oh yeah there was a hot tub didn't mm-hmm. talk about that uh but yeah it was overall it was a good experience in the house good experience at the tournament uh let's talk about some results let's go for it so 156 competitors we got 32 they're going to make the main bracket the cut line was a 27 under average at 135 strokes under par and that cut line player was Danny Boy. So 35 under with 131,000 in shotties to get into the main bracket. Were there 135s that missed the cut? Correct, with okay. less shotties. Okay. And I think that was Seth Harris with a 135 with like 101,000 shotties. So uh, definitely a talented pool. There were some very good players who missed the cut, unfortunately. But that's just kind of the nature of the beast. to get a field this deep, this strong. Uh, that's how it goes. So top qualifiers uh, with 156 strokes. No, or, I'm sorry, 140. 156 people, uh, low qualifiers, 147 under par, uh, was Lance Harris, you, Tony Johnson, yep. and Dave Duncan. Yes, so we all, I, I, going into the last round, I knew Duncan and I were close, um, and he had me in shotties, I knew. Um, and so when I dropped a 31 on Oakwood, I thought, oh, here we go, all right. Okay. The good score. Was, Maybe a bonus Par was card. actually 32. It was like an extreme par minus 32. Uh, and Duncan actually was the only one that got the 32. And so um, so he won the course and then caught me by the stroke. Uh, but I got enough shotties that I passed him. So I was like, oh, I'm going to be top qualifier. First time ever. My wall, my picture's going to be on the wall, the bunker here next Hell to the yeah. box is top qualifier. And old sneaky Lance Harris come and snipes me by like 10,000 GSP. So yeah. it was like Lance had me by 10,000. Uh, and I beat Duncan by like 10,000. Oh, so it was, all, it was like 250,000 to 240,000 to 230,000 or something. So David Duncan won the Richmond tournament. Uh, yep. He's he's been on kind of a heater here because as we look at the field results, he went deep into this with Andy Haas taking first place, Duncan coming in second, Eddie G, local boy, Cedar Park, Texas, yep. Austin suburb, uh, coming in third, and Jojo Masara from St. Louis coming in fourth. Yeah. So hot and Haas double dipped Duncan. Duncan was king of the hill, and uh, Haas double dipped him. Yeah, Duncan was uh, absolute nails. I watched some of his matches. Uh, another shout-out to Spotlight Karaoke. They got everything patched into that big screen. Basically, it, was, uh, it wasn't a projector, but it was four flat-screen TVs, probably, you know, 50 inches, I would say. Uh, yeah, maybe a little bigger around the wall. Yeah, so it was a two-by-two, two, so uh, a set of four up on the wall that was, you know, made into one giant screen. So even if you were not playing, you could watch people qualifying. You could watch head-to-head matches that were being streamed on YouTube simultaneously, yep. which IT uh, brought their own production people. Uh, yeah, little, just like Richmond. Correct. Yep. And they actually put out the numbers, so we've got some hashtag content slash data, 
that they did provide uh, to us as well as Facebook. We'd like to say we're breaking this news, but we're not. There was a total of 17,000 views of the stream during the weekend, 11,000 of which were unique. I don't know what that means. I mean, I know what those numbers literally, but like what, what makes something, I mean, there were 11,000 different people that logged in. I, I, I'm not sure. I don't know if it was different IP addresses or whatnot, because they did say <clears> it was on the front page of Mixer. I'm not familiar with Mixer, but it sounds like okay. a video game streaming site. Okay. I know they had uh, made mention a time or two of that, so I'm sure maybe some people clicked on that, hoping to see if it was Fortnite or Call of Duty, and uh, were probably a little disappointed that it was a golf game. But I think for our community, and we have other news about that, but the growth of the game, I think this was a really good thing. Richard King is... I don't want to say pass the torch because there's a little controversy there with Richard King. No, but I think well, Adam Adam Kramer came on Facebook and there was a whole long thread about you know Richard King's getting elbowed out and all that and uh, some people thought some feelings were hurt and uh, I think Richard King well Richard King didn't immediately say anything but Adam Kramer came on now now new head of uh, the uh, GT uh, on the marketing side or not marketing side just development side I guess yeah um, but. Uh, you know, he said, "Well, you know, we, we talked with Richard, and and here's here's how we're working together, which um, is good. Yeah, which is good because you know, we always talk about Richard deserves a bomber jacket, right? You bomb, they don't yeah. they don't give out bomber jackets to just everybody. Uh, it's a pretty select group. Bomber jackets being real uh, people that have advanced Golden Tee in a, in a positive way. Casey Brock, uh, the original underdog website guy, um, the multi-time world champs." Get bomber jackets, and I, I think yeah. Richard Richard King for really setting off this this stream, this momentum of the stream, uh, deserves one as well. So Hell yeah, yeah. So in terms of a partnership, I, I hope it continues from there because God, I lo- I love King. I love what he's done over the years in terms of his spring and in terms of his stream. And it looks like it is trying to take it to the next level with multiple people because you know as much as I love King and he's trying to play in these tournaments, but he's also trying to take pictures, get his stream up and running, talking to the host location about bandwidth making sure everything's going on online that would absolutely drive me insane much less trying to play in a golden tee tournament yep absolutely so, so uh oh any so we've got a uh before we get to the top gun little gun results we do have one result i don't believe we said that when we were talking about the number of beers consumed just in terms of cases of beer now as i said i was drinking uh craft beer out of the tap and there was certainly yes. a lot of alcohol consumed as well, but there was 170 cases of beer consumed. Yeah, and I think that was just their top four beer yeah, selections, four, which so. was, I think, Bud Light, Miller Light, Coors Light, and Bush Light, I think. So that Sounds doesn't include right. the craft beers, doesn't even include any hard alcohol. So in theory, over the course of the weekend, everyone in that room, 156 qualifiers, girlfriends, PGT Tour, uh, drink a case of beer. Uh, who knows if they drank hard liquor? I know Haas, uh, after his victory, brought... Bought a, approximately 125 victory shots. Uh, probably not too easy on the wallet. I've never been in that position, but uh, I'd love I'd love to be in that position. Yes, because then I would find out. Okay, how much does this actually cost? Yeah. to win a tournament. Yeah, I wonder if the bar's given any kickbacks on yeah. those or anything. <laughs> so, Top Gun, Little Gun, Tony, take it away. So, uh, Top Gun, our our winner was Lance Harris. Uh, came out and uh, you know he a uh, very good player for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't win as many tournaments, I think, as some people would think. Just you know, see him on the leaderboard, always putting up good scores. Obviously, a great time for him to get a big win. Yeah. Um, and Little Gun, our uh, our first, or no, not our first world champ, or not our first world, not our first world's pass, because uh, the winner of the TOC got that. Stenmark, yeah. The, no, the yeah, the B person in the TOC. I don't know how that worked exactly. I, I can't. Anyway, remember. Orlando Ayala wins uh, the the next world's pass as the winner of the Little Gun. 
And Will, you made a, a nice run in the main event. Yeah. Uh, I, so I got 13, 13th to 16th in both. I went mm-hmm. win-loss, win-loss uh, in both tournaments. Uh, first, uh, the main event, you knocked me out. You ended up getting 7-8. Seven, 7-8, eight. Seven, eight, correct. So that bumped you just barely into the, into the uh, Top Gun. You know? Top there Gun, were, yeah. There was some, uh, some talk about what that would take, and I think that's where we settled on. and said, eh, if you get 7th, 8th, you'll probably get enough, and it was just barely enough, and you actually knocked out one of our housemates. Yes. Uh, Brennan Harris. Who took second in the little gun. Who took yeah. second in the little gun. So um, uh, good run for him as well. Yeah, same thing kind of happened last year. Last year and this year, the only power events, Golden Tee Tour events I had played at were Sussex, Wisconsin, and then going down to Texas. Yeah. And I know you kind of like numbers, and you said, hey, you're going to have to do a, a big finish. Last year it took a fifth, sixth in the main event. This year was a seventh, eighth. Uh, but to get in that top gun just to have a shot at that, uh, very cool. Overall, uh, Austin thoughts, I thought it was great. I think they'll uh, make a few tweaks, but for a first-time tourney with that many people and the amount of time it took qualifying, while it was a lot with that many people, uh, far exceed my expectations. I think this was uh, absolutely great. Brian Evans, general manager of Spotlight Karaoke, also plays some golden tea, so I think he kind of could see it from both sides, The you know, being a an establishment trying to cater to video game players, but then also seeing it from a Golden Tee player's eyes. So I look for really big things for this going forward. Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully they want us back. I think they will. Yes. Uh, and, uh, yeah. But but uh, the 2019 season is done, but the 2020 season has big things coming. Uh, and uh, coming soon. Less than two months away. Yes. Uh, first event. Will, there's been some chatter in the... Uh, in the tech group, are you, are you officially going to the Orlando tournament? Uh, I'm going to try to swing it. Uh, Andrea, the panda, yep. is off that Saturday, Sunday. Um, however, we're not sure about her work schedule for Friday and Monday. So I may try to sneak down there by myself, or she may try to make some uh, switches with folks at work. But, yeah, Orlando, I've never been to it. I know Andy Fox usually goes. So I think yeah, Andy Fox works. usually wins, I think, oh. is uh, how it works in Orlando. <laughs> we, uh, we don't have a poster or a picture of that up there. But, uh, yeah, so I've never been there, and obviously in February, going away from Minnesota to another warm-weather climate, I, I, would, I would love to go, so well, I'm, I'm really going to try I won't it. be going, because I'll be going the opposite direction. I'll be <coughs> heading north. Uh, I'll be doing an ice fishing trip, so Woo! I will not be heading to the warm weather. Hardcore. My uh, annual ice fishing trip with some buddies. Uh, so that's Feb 6th through 9th. Yeah, again, uh, basically Orlando, St. Cloud, Florida, I think officially. Uh, and then after that, just uh, just four weeks later, you got Sussex, Wisconsin, uh, a venue that uh, probably the biggest venue we play at, I think, in terms of uh, it could probably hold 40 Golden Tees if it, if we needed to. We have yeah. a, kind of a whole gigantic room there. Uh, we've already talked about how how we will be getting there via car, via airplane, uh, via we, helicopter, we, we, we limo. Actually, we actually looked into chartering a jet, yeah. and I think Team I think Minnesota, it's a little bit out of our price range. I think Team Minnesota would have to take first, second, third, and fourth in the main event, yep. as well as also buying ourselves in the Calcutta. Yep. Uh, we'd probably have to win a lot of 5 through 100 games that weekend. But uh, other than Handicap that, tournament would help. Yeah, handicap tournament. Uh, maybe Top the qualifiers. Money shot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, other than that, I, I think we could probably push. If we did all that, I think we could probably push well, on the charter jet for the weekend. Yeah, once, you know, once the Golden Tee gets even bigger than it is now, I think maybe we'll start to push into that strata of yeah. uh, private jetting. Yeah, the, the, the five figures just kind of threw me for a loop. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to swing that. Yeah. But uh, so anyway, it'll be a... Uh, a lot of Minnesota guys. Uh, that's the closest PEGT event to Minnesota. Has a pretty good player base, um, and so I think la- 
last year I think we probably got about fourteen or fifteen local guys or yeah, I think, Minnesota. Yeah, I think we had Jade and Thor show up, some guys who don't make it out to the North often. Metro guys. Correct. Julio and uh, and those guys. Um, so that's the next one after that. And then uh, oh ten thousand dollars added. Will would like to point that yes. out. Yes. Uh, uh, always important. Uh, my, I guess we we could go through the rest of these dates. These dates are available on. You can go to the Golden Tee Fan uh, page on on Facebook, as well as pegttour.com. Yes, they. I did see they updated their website and they do have a 2020 tab now. So all that will be on there. Kudos Cheers to Jimmy to Parker and the team at Power Events for getting that updated and set to go for the new year. But my my question now is is uh, have we have we set a new standard in terms of what's normal? So. I did a little math. I'm not going to remember the numbers exactly, but I think um, you know we had about 150 more participants overall this year in PG, PEGT events. If you add up all the participants from all six events, um, than any year before that, um, and we obviously just set our new a new record. We, they, set, <laughs> they set a new record um, at uh, at Austin this year with 156. So. Uh, is is 120 the new normal? And, and even before that, Richmond, I think Richmond was, was spiked a little bit because of being the Baja Beans last, last time. Normally that's kind of an upper 80s kind of tournament size. Uh, but is, I mean, I think, I don't realize how big the player base is in the Southeast. I think there's a lot of guys that we, you know, you see on the leaderboard, like, oh yeah, that guy, I see his scores are pretty good, but he, they just don't get to a lot of tournaments. And I never go to Orlando, so that would be the one tournament that I might have met might meet them at um but now that we've got the orlando one coming up are we going to clear 100 there uh sussex we usually clear 100 because i think we've got that's the chicago the minnesota the upper midwest guys go to that one um and then later on in the year we've got our uh what's replacing richmond which is the south carolina tournament which drew how many did it draw in the non-pegt version in july i I believe that was right around 80 yeah and somewhere in the 80s so it'll be interesting to see like let's see let's see the southeast u.s really come up and and are we going to set a set a new record again this year with the number of total participants maybe we clear 100 at every tournament that would be the first time that we've done that so um i keep saying we like i have anything to do with it (laughs) i'm just i'm I'm part of the player community i guess but uh uh but yeah let's let's see if we uh can get over 100 at every tournament and uh oh and and speaking of Here's a little. We we talked about that. We've talked about this before, and we talked about this before uh, we started the podcast. And I think it, you know, we uh, wanting to support uh, the uh, Power Events team as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, and and really making them, you know, we talked to Russ some when we were warming up and we we're when we we're not qualifying, but when we were warming up and uh, just talking about okay, what's the what's the future? He talked about well, we can only bring 15 machines to a given location. Just we're we're capped out on trailer size, so we we need a new trailer if we want to bring more than that. And and they're you know they've got old decks they've got and they want to upgrade their decks and they've got older slightly smaller than normal TVs and so they want to upgrade their TVs. Well, all these things cost money upfront money. And so you know they they make a little bit at these tournaments. They got uh, full machines all weekend, and that's great. Uh, you know they they've earned it. Yeah. Uh, but really, I, I think one way, and I I I hope. I'm going to try to push this as much as I can, try to remember it, and hopefully people at tournaments will as well. Max out your tees. At each machine, uh, get to the tournament, spend 30 bucks on maxing out your tees. You're going to buy it anyway. Yep. Uh, because half of that goes half of that goes to IT and half of that goes to, if you buy it on the machine, half of it goes to the vendor. So in this case, uh, if we all did it, if there was 100 of, 100 of us uh, that did it at $15 for a, 
they get you know half of thirty dollars. That's fifteen hundred bucks, and that's uh, that's going to get new decks, get new TVs, uh, get a bigger trailer. Russ yeah. talked about how expensive that new big trailer is going to be, and it's it's not cheap. Um, so you know if we can do that at every tournament, just it'll help support them and help make these tournaments even even greater than they already are. I I, I will try to be cognizant of that. I know you mentioned that. I think either at the uh, at the Austin tournament at the end, which we'd already left the bar. I think we were playing the Playboy pinball machine or yeah. something. Um, or on the flight home, and once you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it hasn't really been said, like, hey, go load up. And I'm sure there's because guys that do it, most people sure are on mention, but I, I just, I, there, had, there should be, in my opinion, a concerted effort to do that, to support these guys that are, that are doing this. I, I agree 100%, because to your point, we're going to buy them anyway. Whether right. it comes out in two or three days, or a week and a half, front load them the $30, you'll be set for a month. And you'll be fine, but you're going to reinvest that back in a PEGT tour. So I think I think that's an absolutely huge call out. So you mentioned the first two of the six yep. events going into next year, which is Orlando and Sussex, Wisconsin. Uh, we also got a little bit of uh, some insider secret knowledge from Don. Oh, little Don birdie. Pescone was down there, uh, kind of pre-retirement, uh, out having a cigarette one morning. Uh, no one offered him free donuts to come play at Shooters. Maybe they didn't know he was a uh, not really a player. But uh, he did drop a nice little nugget on us for uh, the Podmore Get Better crew, Tony. And that was going forward during 2020, they're basically going to attempt to turn these power events, Golden Tee Tour events, into regional events, which are going to lead up to Worlds qualifying. And he didn't have much more information, but they're going to entail Worlds passes. So, I mean... In its, in its simplest form, you could imagine the winner of Orlando gets a world's pass. Mm-hmm. Or the winner, uh, or, or in, if the same person wins Sussex to one Orlando, then maybe second place in Sussex gets a world's pass. And that would be the simplest. And that, mm-hmm. probably in the first year, especially since there we're kind of, we only have two events, or three events, I guess, St. Louis is before Worlds. Um, there's three events before Worlds, so we're kind of splitting the year. Yes. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if after this, World Championship in 2020, whether they come out with a little different system uh, of like a, it's almost a points accumulation. So um, that might push people to attend more of the events, which would be great, um, as well as uh, reward consistency on top mm-hmm. of you know individual wins of tournaments. But I think in its simplest form, early on, it'll probably go to the winner of the tournaments. And that's yeah, I, I, I think this is a really cool concept because you look at the World Championships, uh, which they announced is going to be back in the Orleans. They don't have the date. But you have to be there in front of a live studio audience, uh, but TV cameras, ESPN, the Ocho there. So if you're going to show up to these power events, Golden Tee Tours, if they give it to first place in gold and maybe first place in purple, because we've seen some tough cuts, Tony, that means the person that's earning this world's pass can play under pressure in front of, you know, when they're on a big stage, they got people watching because they're in it down till the end. I think uh, my personal preference would be main event and purple bracket. I think that's how it should go because in the past what they've done is these week-long events where you have to bang your brains out and say this is the week I'm going to go after it and you play and you play and you play and you play. Well, the people who typically win the main bracket, which we did our Las Vegas breakdown last year, your Mark Stenmark, Andy Haas, JoJo, Evan Gossett, they're going to get their pass anyway uh, during well, weekly events. Get a pass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so they're going to get a pass, but some of these – I don't want to say mid-level players, but people who are on the cusp of making the gold bracket every time or the purple bracket, if they bulldoze a purple bracket and get a world's pass, they don't have to worry about playing events mode, which in theory now frees up one more spot. 
but they've obviously proven that they can play you know these live games in the heat of a tournament setting. And and the reason they might be able to hand out uh, a few more spots than than maybe sounds uh, possible is uh, is they're expanding the field as well. Yes. And I don't Don didn't say how many, right? Correct. No. Yeah. And so la- uh, last year we were at seventy four. So we went from sixty four two years ago to seventy four this year. Uh, seems to me like the natural progression uh, would be ninety six. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just. Then I could see. It, to that. Then it could be a top thirty-two going to the main bracket, like a lot of us are used to at regular events, and then a, a, a sixty-four person silver bracket, or 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 it could be uh, you know, three different thirty-two three different man pods, brackets yeah. or woman. I guess there's some. There was a couple pretty good women that played in the Austin tournament. Yeah, I think it was uh, uh, five or six women. Yeah, that uh, one of them took down Adam Fitzgerald. Yes, shout out to Fitz. Chatty's pit stop. Woo, man, Chatty's best. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, we'll see. So uh, I think 96 is probably the natural progression. Uh, it's obviously a bigger jump. Last year I jumped 10. That would be another 22. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think they're trying to grow this game, and uh, I think that's, an, that's the next step. Which then reverts to more people getting paid out, so I don't know if they'd start taking a bigger rake off the daily or off money shot or whatever. Uh, I'd say make it happen. I'd rather see a slightly decreased daily payout because if I'm going to take 20th, I don't care about the extra dollar fifty coming back to my account. I care about that going to the world's fund. Well, and it turns out Incredible Technologies has a brand new stream of revenue that that well, I I don't think we're quite ready to talk about it. But homeowner events mode, Woo. Uh, they got to be making a 50% killing now. Fifty percent rake, yeah, yeah. There we go. No, not fifty, but uh, uh, fifty cent rake. Fifty cent rake, yes. But, uh, but uh, anyway, what uh, what do we have anything else on uh, worlds or the PEGT future? stuff let's look at our notes here real quick let's yeah I, I don't think there's anything else too crazy so i mentioned talking to don don is now officially retired as of last thursday or friday i yep. believe it had a nice little party for him another nugget he did drop uh in terms of gameplay last year they were kind enough to give us some ball club uh ball club combination usage data how much is being used co- how many courses were being played at what frequency he did say that the original donald trump head is their number one selling item Yep. Uh, as opposed to freebies in terms of the in-game purchases. Donald Trump had number one. The uh, $4.20, $4.20 marijuana joint is number two. And okay. I might be misquoting him. I might have been a little hungover. But to the best of my recollection, he said something to the effect of, our player base loves Americana, booze, and drugs. And uh, honestly, doesn't surprise me one bit. I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Don. I think. Uh, I think you uh, honed in your marketing on that one. Uh, all right. So I think uh, we are ready to talk about events mode. Yeah, you just so, you just talked about it, hit upon it, and, and we'll keep going with it. So uh, this is this is where we didn't. I don't even know that we said the date. I don't even know exactly what date it is. But uh, uh, December seventeenth. December seventeenth. Day after Doug Sandstead's birthday. Oh yeah. Shout Happy birthday to, to Doug Sandstead. Uh, Tuesday, and this is a off week for public events modes. Correct. But as a, it is a on week for homeowner events modes, and I think it, based on them going back to back these last two weeks, homeowners might just always have events. Woo, yeah. Uh, and it, it's uh, obviously a little little bit different setup uh, on the homeowners event side. So the first week that we did it, which was the the Thanksgiving week. It was dollar fifty entry, ten person contests, um, paid out the top 
three spots and then some teas, I think, is how yeah. it worked. And then they took a week off, gathered the data, and then uh, then they uh, brought it back last week with 15-person contest, still $1.50 to entry, $1.50 to enter, and uh, then the payouts are now five, four, three, two, one. Correct. And uh, and then that which that means they're every one of those contests, it is getting seven dollars and fifty cents. Uh, which whatever, take get, make your money, it as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Uh, go ahead and put maybe let's say half of that into the world's fund. Um, and I so and they'll allow ten per day. If I was going to change anything, I'd probably lower that a little bit. Uh, again, I, I'm not. Nobody's looking to make, get rich off of this. Uh, I didn't play my home edition almost at all, in between the summer swing, or the, yeah, the the summer event, the to win the the free update, yeah, and, and, and now the events mode coming back. Um, something about you know I, I can play the I can play the regular courses anytime out in public, um, and and invites I've kind of slowed down on, but uh, this events mode it, it's it's new and fresh every week, mm-hmm. hopefully every week. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's fun. So I banged out, banged out ten yesterday. I'll I'll probably play a few tonight. Uh, Summit Lakes this week. So last week was a mix up. So the the events mode that we played, that the public played, uh, on Thanksgiving week. So the the mix up of Castleshire and Coral something. Um, that was the mix up that then the homeowners had last week. Flip flopped, yeah. Yep, that was a fun event. Uh, and now this week it's Summit Lakes. Uh, there's some speculation that there'll be another snow course next week. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, I believe uh, I believe this week's events mode for homeowners is called Let It Snow, yeah. which being an employee of Walmart, there was a little debate about letting <laughs> it snow where yeah. Walmart Online had some sweaters that had Santa Claus and three lines of a uh, substance. What, was it from Santa s- or was it? It might I have been it was a, like snowman. a snowman. I think it was okay, Frosty. It was, Frosty was hitting some bumps. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so it was called Let It Snow. They had to pull the sweaters, the whole deal, and now IT is getting on the train and IT is letting it snow. I'll tell you what though, you talked about the porta potties earlier. I remember <laughs> someone was letting it snow in one of those. Yeah, yeah, it was seventy five degrees in Austin, but uh, that snow that was on the toilet seat and uh, porta potty number two was not melting. I will tell you that. I, uh, uh, probably some baby powder. Yeah, yeah, wink, wink. There we go. I, uh, I I've heard rumors, but uh, yeah, I, it was uh, it was interesting to walk in there and see that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, events mode. Let's yes, uh, continuing let's, on. Let's sorry. continue to speculate. <clears throat> um, we know through our little birdie a couple weeks ago that we've got a money shot events mode coming up soon. So I would not be surprised at all if that's next week. Um, I, if I had to guess, next week's a bit of a slow... slow the next two weeks are uh, historically relatively slow weeks for, uh, for, for Golden Tea in general. Uh, you've got the holidays that fall right in the middle of each yeah. of the weeks. Uh, people traveling. Uh, I bet they're pretty slow weeks. Pre- a decent time to test some stuff out. Uh, and uh, they're they're definitely testing it out. So money shot maybe next week for the for the public uh, public events modes, um, and then I suspect it'll be some sort of little tweak and some some more events modes for the home homeowners uh, because like I said they're making not only are they making the 750 per contest that fills, and if I had to guess there's probably 20 to 30 per day. Yeah. If I had to guess, um, and but they're also. Whereas normally when we play on the homeowner uh, on the home machine, uh, we're not paying for balls or tees; they're they're just included. Uh, we are paying balls and tees on uh, events mode, which is a little weird to me. Yeah, who's uh, who's your home edition vendor, Tony? Yeah, IT, I guess. Incredible technologies. There we go. So they're so, taking one hundred percent of that, which is fine, absolutely fine. Yeah, IT, make your money. I, yeah. But I, I do think it's a a bit of a weird weird look concept. Yeah. That 
I'm paying $99 per year for my online fee, which includes being connected, as well as free balls and tees. Mm-hmm. Except for events mode. Yeah. Then yeah, I have, ex- except if you're finally going to give us money that is outside of your annual subscription fee, yeah. you're going to give us additional money. Well, now we want you to give us a little more with yeah. uh, balls and on and invites. Tees, on which invites, which we were playing for money, we didn't have to. We weren't paying for balls and tees. So I, I just I think it's weird. I, I think my hope is, and I don't know, but that they'll make enough. They'll see enough steady revenue from the events modes that hopefully are happening every week. Um, that that might. Uh, do away with or reduce the annual subscription fee. Uh, it's almost like we're the the vig that they're taking off the top of these events modes is the subscription fee. So it could be like if you reach a certain threshold of games played, then uh, then you might get a discount on your on your annual subscription or something like that. No, but again, I, I think IT make your money. I mean, yeah, you're providing I, a service, and that's great. I, I agree with you 100 percent because <clears throat> we've talked about on the podcast before with homeowners. It looks like a lot of folks are really interested in purchasing a homeowner edition. And one of the questions they say is, number one, who to buy through? Brian Roski, Adam Fitzgerald, yep. over and over and over again. And the second question is, so can I play for prizes at home? Well, I, IT is, you know, let the floodgates open now. They're doing back-to-back events. The only time it's, we could get that commercial units was during World Championship qualifying. Yep. So now that they've got prizes, I think, number one, this is a really good move. I think this is going to generate interest in more homeowner additions uh, for the guys who go out to the bar and, maybe play you know five to ten games a week and their girlfriend wife boyfriend husband whoever <clears throat> excuse me it's like why are you always out at the bar playing this game and he says well i can get one for roughly you know thirty eight hundred four grand or whatever and yep. now i can play at home so I, I think this is really cool what they're doing and we talked about with don the growth of the game i think between adam kramer and kevin Lindsay, i hope it keeps going this way yeah and uh and i think i i hope they i i they feel free to test out stuff on us too. Like yeah. I feel like they've they've maybe held back just a little bit on some of the stuff that they've thought about, mm-hmm. some some concepts that they have in their head for events mode. Uh, I know some of the things they talked about was like, well, certain people might not even qualify to be able to play in events mode certain weeks. So mm-hmm. it's all people that have an, a lifetime average of minus twenty. You know, mm-hmm. they they can pull any lever they want. They just haven't pulled a lot of those levers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, anyone that has a personal long drive of greater than 480 yards out so paul luna would dominate that event oh beautiful um but uh so they go ahead and test it out on us like we're a we're a willing testing audience we're big testees right yes you you are definitely you and al jazz are definitely a set of testees right there yeah so i think to your point i think the homeowners are going to be much more forgiving shall we say if it does tweak the dials and it's lower stakes too yeah, like it's pretty it, low stakes. It, it's lower stakes. They've already invested in the machine. I think a lot of them are on the Golden Tee Homeowners Facebook page. And I think they would be willing to understand that, okay, hey, this event I might not be able to enter. Or, hey, it's, you know, I'm not the greatest at this type of course or a three-club event, whatever. But I think they would understand that IT, to your point, is tweaking the dials, turning the knobs, figuring out how to go about this. And I think they're going to look at, for the future growth of the game, even if they take a week off and feel like they can't compete in an event, they're going to see, in theory, that light at the end of the tunnel that, hey, they're looking to do things. They're looking to keep this going, and you know, this is why I bought a home machine. Because to think even a, you know, basically a year ago, people had home machines, couldn't make any money on them except for invites, and now you're getting potentially a second way to make money on your home unit. Yeah. 
Um, Alright, so the final thing I'm going to say about events mode is going to carry us into the GT calendar. Mm -hmm. And that is, um, so we talked about our prediction uh, via a little intel from a little birdie that we've got money shot next week. We take the week off, the week of uh, New Year's, so we predict no events modes, uh, at least on the public machines that week. Uh, and then we've got, we know for a fact that events mode January 6th uh, will be Coral Ridge. Yes, remastered. And, and uh, so, and invites as well. So Coral Ridge uh, events and invites starting January 6th. I'll be really interested to see if they give uh, home and homeowners also an event that week on, on Coral Ridge. Uh, we'll see. That's really interesting. Um, and so first Coral Ridge at the end, so January 3rd will be a Freaky Friday in Coral Ridge. Okay. And then the following Monday, January 6th, we'll start an event. It seems like it's always for that first that first blast of a new course. Um, it's uh, very prize play-esque, right? It's an extra dollar, and it's just like a 50-person contest. I think that's the way they've always done it with a new course. Yeah. Uh, it's not a, one of those week-long, take-your-best-five scores kind of things, um, which I think stymies gameplay a little bit. Um, I, would, I would agree. Um, and then the, the following Monday... Uh, Coral Ridge will be available in all modes. Uh, so uh, January thirteenth, January thirteenth, cool. we'll have a sixth active course for live prize play. All right, next up, uh, February thirteenth, day before Valentine's Day, Throwback Thursday starts. So I'm guessing classic courses, the whole deal, uh, which is really cool. They're kind of doing this let it snow thing with Summit Lakes. I would guess uh, Alpine Run and some other courses. So. Throwback Thursday. I've got a prediction. I've got a prediction that we get an email from a little birdie at IT so we can help do course breakdowns on the podcast Mm. for Throwback Thursdays. Uh, I predict Bonnie Moore that Thursday. Yeah. (laughs) They love Bonnie Moore. Yeah. (laughs) The dollar signs. Yeah. Punch those tickets. Yeah, that's going to be permanent event mode on uh, Home Edition is just Bonnie Moore. Yeah, (laughs) over and over and over. So then March 6th, we got Castleshire coming to a Freaky Friday on Friday, March 6th. Flipping to that Monday, March 9th, Castleshire will move to events modes and invites. So we'll have an event mode that week, whether it's a week-long event or a standard 50-man contest, play it 10 times a day or whatnot. And then finally, the day before St. Patrick's Day, March 16th, Castleshire will move to all modes of gameplay, and we will have seven active courses for prizes. So, yep. So, uh, backing up a little bit to the PEGT uh, calendar. So, at the Orlando event, Cor- uh, Coral Ridge will be available uh, for prize play and part of the tournament. And then Sussex, it'll be the same thing. We want uh, the new. It will not have gotten to the release of Castleshire yet. And then St. Louis will be the first tournament, and that is... What is St. Louis? Where the hell did I put that right there? Uh, you wrote August. I'm going to yeah. assume that's April. April 20th to the 23rd. No, it's August. Because we got Worlds. February, March, April, May... I, I don't know. May, maybe, I, maybe I goofed it up. Check PEGTTour.com. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, don't book your flights yet. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so by whenever, the, uh, by March 16th, at any event, whether it's Worlds or a PEGT event, uh, all of the courses will be available. Uh, and, in play, of, and in play. Head-to-head head match play. Yep. Uh, and so maybe I, I played a lot more 
the last week I played a lot more of the, the two new courses, the remastered courses. Uh, you probably played a little bit more of the alternate holes last week. The tougher uh, ones, yeah, yeah the commercial well, tough, not even, I wouldn't say tougher, I'd say just non-drivable par fours. Yeah. Um, uh, what are your impressions? Uh, Revised I, impressions, if anything. I, I like it. Uh, I get to play a little bit at your house on your homeowner edition yep. when we had the alternating holes that were different from commercial to home edition. I think, uh, I think these are good selections, as you previously talked about, and we'll do at a further podcast going uh, probably in the spring when we talk about, hey, what's going to be up next for remastered courses and so forth. I know you gave Castroshire a oh, hell yeah. And yeah, I don't remember exactly. Yeah, it was, it was definitely, in, definitely in my top five. Uh, I didn't, and I, and now that I know the floodgates are opened on the on the pre four courses, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to do a little breakdown there as yeah. well. Um, and, and and I'm gonna echo your your sentiment. I, I like them. I like the courses. I think they're good selections. I think my biggest negative is gonna be uh, Coral Ridge Holy Team. Um, I think that having a I'm sure someone will drive it sometime with a gigantic tailwind, but 99.5 times out of 100, that hole is not going to be drivable. And I think ending with a with a par four um, that's not drivable, not ideal. And 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 you can you know it's not ideal because they almost never ever do it now. Um, yes. And so other than that, I think the course is really interesting. We talked about it a little bit before. You've got a lot of overhanging branches that get into play and really small greens. And I think that's really interesting. It's Man, I just wish that if, if they just would flip-flop like whole, whole 16, 16 and 18. 18 like, yeah. Just, just, just <laughs> we understand. No, no one would probably yeah. notice, you know what I mean? Yeah, for, yeah A, 99.9% <laughs> of people wouldn't notice. There'd be somebody that'd be like, hey, that wasn't whole. And you know what? Nobody cares. Yeah. Just make hole 18 a little bit more yeah, interesting. It was a programming error, that's all. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> we'll fix it on the update. Oh, speaking of, we should alert the public. Ooh, formal uh, announcement? Uh, sure. Kind of? Yeah, so in the the update that went out, I think a little bit before Thanksgiving, um, they updated the old courses. So they've been going back and kind of you know, fixing issues on the old courses, Invisaleafs generally, that sort of stuff. But the big change that they didn't really tell anyone about until you oopsie doopsie at once is now hole 17 yeah 17 of Catadreus we used to always go up on top of that gigantic um, I don't know whatever it's called um, mound thing um, and butte is it a butte? Potentially yeah it's a small butte uh, anyway people used to go up there well that's now out of bounds first I, I've heard it's out of bounds but also it's now rock all rock so it, so it just keeps rolling so else. even if you magically stop up there it's going to be out of bounds um so that makes that hole very different uh the only thing i would ask is go and go ahead and feel free to and and the, the argument there was well jim z intended it to be that way all along well first of all not exactly i, I don't because think it's so. not, not because with that it's sand yeah. like mm-hmm. it's not rock it's sand up yeah, there like that's a pretty big oversight you didn't accidentally <laughs> make it sand you might have accidentally made it not out of bounds but you didn't accidentally make it sand and not rock uh, the other thing is, uh, go ahead and f- fix some other things that I know you didn't intend. Biggest one, forever my pet peeve, Pelican Hole 2. Ooh. I know, I know for a fact that Jim Z did not intend for those trees to be out of bounds. There's no reason those should be out of bounds. When, when they talk about the game being a risk-reward type game. Right. Because there's already plenty of risk-reward of go- ending up in the trees. If they were going to make a hole that penal, 
<laughs> so we then got it would penal, be, we yeah. got penals going on. We got testes. Yeah. Then they would. Then it would be a much later hole. There's no reason for a hole to, you know, that early in the round to be that penal uh, by having out of bounds uh, where it where it doesn't look like it is. Also, because they know I, they know I love to give advice. Mm-hmm. Let's use some white stakes. How hard oh, yeah. is that? Uh, Put d- some d- white d- stakes around the out of bounds. Just, just even going forward for all the new courses. Yo, yeah, start, new courses. start with this. You don't have to go back. I mean, well, for, yeah. first of all, definitely go fix the stupid pelican thing because that's yeah. the stupidest thing ever. But but now going forward, go ahead and put some white stakes that are in places that are out of bounds because we made, we made this public service announcement last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, hole five of Castleshire, uh, it's a non-drivable par four, big dog leg left. You, uh, you can go straight at it if you got enough of a win to get past the out of bounds, which doesn't look like out of bounds. Because normally, uh, everybody that doesn't know any better goes there once. They're like, I didn't even realize that was out of bounds. Yeah. Well, no, there's no, there's no white stakes, first of all. Uh, and also, why would it be out of bounds? So another, another fun thing uh, that Don talked about down in Austin as we were outside uh, you know, getting our nicotine or whatnot, he talked about how at IT, he's actually had the game programmers and developers, it is mandatory for them to now play Golden Tee. And he said, based on the research they had done before, he wanted the game programmers and developers to actually play the game because as the ball's in flight or as you're standing on the tee, he said there's that, that players basically only look at, you know, like 3% of the screen, where the golfer is, where the pointer is for where your ball is going to go, your clubs, your backspin, and then the little box on the left that kind of shows the whole layout. Now, if you had white stakes that you could or could not see, I think that would be a huge improvement all around overall gameplay. So Don is actually making the developers play the game now. And they actually, it sounded like on Thursdays or Fridays, last hour or two of the day, he sets up a big company invite and everyone has to go play. And within their new corporate offices, they have machines spread around the offices uh, kind of strategically. So everyone's always kind of close to a machine. So all of a sudden, if they got, yeah, just need a quick break or whatever, they can go play 10-15 minutes and uh, get their Golden Tee games in. So I thought that was really cool. So and so, backing way up, so we talked about the, the IT guys that showed up to help with the stream. Uh, the IT, IT guys. Right? It was the <laughs> Incredible Technologies IT guys. And one of the guys who's, whose name I, I don't know, I, 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 he posted on, on Facebook a, kind of a thank you for the for, for making it a great tournament. I, I just don't remember his name, so I apologize. But he, I believe he's the head of, um, I don't know his title exactly, IT or, or you know, digital video streaming blah, blah, blah. amusement or something but he did an awesome job and 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 the guy that was there with him whose name i also don't know also did a great job but you could tell because when we were there doing i i streamed for i was on the announcing on the stream for an hour or so maybe a little bit more than that and there and those guys are in your ear right mm-hmm. so that's another improvement of going to the system that we've got now is uh, is they're kind of help, they're helping tell you about other matches that are going on or saying hey we're gonna we're gonna kick it to break so Tony you know do a little outro um, and you can tell they know uh, they you can tell they know what they're talking about and that's because you know maybe he would have been playing anyway but also forcing these people that might not otherwise play the video game of the company that they work at might not otherwise play it and, and they're gonna play it at least a little bit each week yeah I went back and watched some of the stream. <clears throat> And to your point, if someone was it got, our match where you beat me in extra holes? No, I. <laughs> uh, it was actually that uh, goofy hole out where I had a couple too many blue mountains and started doing weird dances. Yeah. Um, but I want to say that the folks 
you could tell they weren't slacking off or texting because the second someone hit a hole out or had a chance to potentially get a YouTube and click to expose either their phone number or email address, they were taking the gameplay mode off the screen and then on the stream machine they were kind of going to a wide shot of the players who were playing on that machine. So I thought that was... Well, and he was he was basically uh, live updating me on the... Because I was streaming a match while you were playing Haas. And he was basically live updating me on that. So. Hopefully he told you that I was uh, one up at Haas. Uh, he uh, did, yeah. At some point. And then all of a sudden you weren't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, Andy Haas. Damn it. Uh, so we talked about this. You and I got to stream at the same time. And we had producers talking in our ear as we were attempting to broadcast. So, Tony, I'm going to throw this over to you. Why don't we kick it over to a commercial break? All right. We'll, the Podmore Get Better podcast will be right back. So, kicking it back from commercial, Tony, we uh, we like our commercials, but you know what we love even more? Our sponsors. Oh, and this week we've got a repeat sponsor. Very topical here in the uh, Great White North. Speaking of topical, <laughs> that's that's a good tie-in there. Yeah. Uh, so, for those of you who are at Austin, we didn't announce this on the podcast, but there was, uh, there was some heavy gambling action going on based on the Houston qualifier finishing position of two and, of Minnesota. And not, not financial. Yes. More emotional. Yes. <laughs> Near and dear to their heart. <laughs> yes. And so a uh, couple of Minnesota guys, uh, Al Jazz and Andy Fox, had a little uh, a hair bet. A qualifier bet. Yeah. Ha- yeah, qualifier hair bet. So if uh, Andy Fox qualified below Al Jazz, which didn't happen, then Andy Fox had to shave his head, like big yeah. shave his head. Uh, and so we had some fun little fun with uh, Microsoft Paint. Making uh, wondering what Andy Fox might look like uh, with a shaved head, but that did not happen. So, so that, what 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 has to happen now, Will? What has to happen now is because Al Jazz failed to live up to his pre-Austin qualifier hype with Andy Fox. Is since Andy Fox had a better qualifying score than Al Jazz, instead of Andy Fox shaving his head, Al Jazz cannot shave his head, much less get a trim, much less get a haircut for ninety days. And coincidentally, it leads right into the Sussex, Wisconsin tournament. We were pre- we did the math on it, uh, and we it's were like pretty three days before. I know, I we think. were pretty disappointed. It didn't <laughs> include Sussex because that would have been great. Uh, I'm pretty sure he would have just cheated and, and cut it anyway. But but if if he was going to cheat, or when he eventually gets his haircut, or pricks Andy Fox, or or just decides that. Uh, his wife's opinion is more important than the shit he's going to get from Andy Fox. Uh, <laughs> he might want to go see one of our sponsors. Ooh. Russ Layton Moving Company? He's going to get kicked out of his house? No. <laughs> Todd Pentecost Fertility Clinic? <laughs> I don't think he's going to get laid with his hair growing out. So. I don't. Well, with how he might look, we might need some bulk vomit bags. <laughs> yes, that's, that's a good point. But we're going to bring back... Mike Cannon's Beauty Salon. Yes. Because with 90 days... That guy knows how to work some hair. Yeah. And Al Jazz could use the help, I think. Yes. Uh, by, especially by the 80-day mark. With uh, with 90 days of hair growth, I'm looking forward to it. We'll, uh, we'll try to be sending out selfies of us posing here at the Banger Bunker with Al Jazz, with his hat removed, uh, because once it grows out, I believe Al Jazz called it his cul-de-sac. Well, yeah, I think... So first of all, he, he thinks it's going to fro a bit. Okay. Okay. So, we'll see. Uh, I predict it's a little stringier than that, but that's mm-hmm. just my personal opinion. Um, but, yeah, Al Jazz, the reason he shaves his head is because he got a little male pattern baldness. Right. I think we all have a little bit of that going. 
Uh, but yeah, Al Jazz's name for his uh, bald spot is his cul-de-sac, and yes. that tickled me to no end. Yeah, because it's wide open on top. You <laughs> yeah. can park then, a couple cars and, in there, and then it, like it widens out in the back, like yes. a cul-de-sac. <laughs> it's just fantastic. What a great name. Very self-deprecating. Good old Al Jazz. Yeah, yeah. Good humor on Al Jazz and Andy Fox to take part in this, uh, but even better humor. Uh, Ninety days from Austin. So yes. we'll be looking forward to uh, posting the pictures. And Mike Cannon, we're hoping to have him fly up here once, if not twice, to uh, tend to Al Jazz's to locks. Do, to do the do. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe he'll get to donate it to Locks of Love. I don't know if I don't <laughs> know if anyone's gonna want any of that action, but uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll uh, send podcast updates, obviously. Tony, moving on here. So uh, while we were on our commercial break, uh, aka bathroom break and smoke break. Uh, we had we had asked Kevin for you know if he had any news. He says, "Ah, there's not much going on right now. It's pretty pretty slow." Other than you know, I guess Kevin doesn't think Don Pescioni retiring is big news, but whatever. Um, but uh, so uh, he said we don't quite have any information on the dates of Worlds yet. Uh, but he did think it would it would be this week, and so uh, hopefully he said if you guys can just wait. I said, eh, we can't really wait. We're doing the podcast already." Um, we're not going to wait to publish it, but looking forward to those dates announced. Uh, I think the the heavy speculation is, is for sure June, uh, probably late June. Yeah, lo- looking forward to that. So we've got that going. We are also coming down to the end of fantasy football season as well as the end of the NFL regular season. Tony. Yes. So we have we have to bring this one back. Uh, it's been a pretty decent year for Will. I've uh, I've got a local bookie here. And uh, I think I may have paid for his pool with NFL, hockey, and basketball so far. Well, that doesn't sound like a decent uh, season for Will. Yeah, it's it's been decent. I mean, as but, long uh, as you com- get to use the pool, I yeah, guess c- it's, it's c- a win-win. C- compared compared to years past, it's uh, it's been a little better. But uh, I need some help, Tony, because I need to close out the year strong. And you're the man who can give it to me. I'm gonna tout it up for you here, Will. Yes. So uh, I've, we we got the season longs that are coming to a close. I've, I think I've got. Um, 12 season long bets. Eight of those are already in the books essentially. They, mm-hmm. you know, the the result is what it is. I'm 6 and 2 so far. So, uh, I'm going to at worst push uh, make it 6 and 6 even if the other four go the go the wrong way. I think probably three of those are likely to either push or lose and one of them I'll likely win. Um, so, overall season long worked out pretty well. Uh, but we're not talking about season long here today. We're talking about Week 16 NFL. We've got some good games. We've got some real stinkers, mm-hmm. but we've also got some really good ones. So we're going to talk about the good ones, specifically Saturday. Yeah, Saturday, gig day, Mary Gigsmas. So CJ, Chris Wangler, is uh, hosting another gig at his house. And instead of uh, Happy Thanks gigging, this is going to be the Mary Gigsmas yes. uh, gig at his house. So we got three Saturday football games. I love Saturday football. College season essentially over because we're entering bowl season. But we got wall-to-wall football coverage. We got like a noon, a 3.30, and then a 7 or a 7.30. So kick it off with the noon game, Tony. Yeah, and this is the worst of the bunch in terms of uh, playoff implications, but it's still a pretty interesting one. Uh, We've got Houston at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay plus three at home. Um, Houston obviously has some playoff implications. Tampa Bay at this point does not. Uh, Although, you know, the Jameis... Is going for a, a record. So thanks to the Bill Simmons podcast, uh, I know that he's going. He's attempting to be, or not attempting, I guess, as it were, <laughs> to be the first ever to go 30 for 30. 30 TDs, 30 interceptions. 
Uh, currently, I believe he's at 30 and 25 or 30 and 24, something in that range. Uh, so, you know, he's got to have an off day. But the reason he might go a little bit more interception happy than even normal, both of his wide receivers are out. Both of his, well, I guess I don't know about Godwin for sure. I think uh, Evans has been announced that he's probably done for the season. And then Godwin was hurt in the, in the middle of the game last, se- last week. Um, I suspect they won't play. Um, I suspect Jameis will be throwing it all over the field. Mm-hmm. Houston wants to win. That'll seal things. If they win, then they're sealed as the division champ. Uh, I'm going to take Houston minus three at Tampa Bay. So we've got Tampa Bay getting three. Uh, Over under a 50, we should mention that as well. Yeah, t- Tampa Bay, Houston. I, uh, I think to your point, it seems like Jameis either throws two, three interceptions and they get absolutely dogged, or... He seems to have a good That's game. Or yeah, where well, well, look at this past week. Andy Fox sitting here and Jameis Winston like has like three touchdowns, three hundred yards in the first half, whatever ungodly number it was. Uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I think this rock is going to be slung all over the place. So I'm going to take the over fifty. And okay, Will's got the over fifty. And in honor of the old Tampa Bay uniforms, the old orange, bright orange Tampa and, Bay uniforms, I'm cracking. The Orange Mountains. Orange Mountains. Wh- which one is that, Tony? This is a new one that I just discovered at the liquor store this this weekend. Uh, something called Wicked Jump Shot. <laughs> Wrong sport, I guess, but uh, they do like to mix metaphors in NFL games. Uh, but uh, Wicked Jump Shot by the Head Flyer Brewing, based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Local there we brew. go. Local brew. So I don't know if you've seen the movie Boiler Room with Giovanni Ribisi and Vin Diesel. I've only heard of two of those words ever, uh, Vin and Diesel. But long story short, it's a stock market movie, uh, kind of plays oh. on uh, Gordon Gecko. but one of the best lines in the whole movie, the only way to get out of the ghetto is you're either slinging crack rock or you got a wicked jump shot. So that's that's one of my favorite <laughs> that's lines. I'm getting out. So you're on Houston at negative three. I am on the total game over 50. Uh, moving on to the afternoon game here, we got Buffalo at New England. Uh, you talked about playoff implications. This has positioning, home field advantage, seedings, the whole, well, the whole and, shebang. And thing. unfortunately, I, unfortunately, it's not quite as meaningful, I think, as it, as it could be. Whereas, actually, if New England loses this game and then wins in Week 17, and I think they play Miami, um, then they still get then they still get the division. I wish this was for the division mm-hmm. uh, because I think Buffalo is worse than people think. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. New England is worse than people think. And Buffalo is better than people think, although they seem to be finally getting the respect that they deserve. Um, we've got Buffalo at New England, and New England is giving six and a half, and the over-under is 37 and a half. That is a minuscule number. Yes. Um, I am going to um, – I don't know what the money line is. I'd be tempted to go money line Buffalo, but I, in, uh, with what I've got in front of me, I'm going to take Buffalo plus six and a half. Uh, and I'll I'll, write that in pen right here. Buffalo. Etch it in stone. Plus so I'm I'm gonna go opposite of you. Uh for some reason with the Patriots seem to be having kind of a letdown. Grand they don't have the weapons they used to have. I think Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are gonna find a way. And I don't wanna say they're not getting respect, but I think people are looking at this as obviously the backside of Tom Brady's career, they're in decline, the whole deal. And national TV on a Saturday, I think they're going to absolutely try to run them out of the gym. Basketball reference. So I will take <laughs> New England giving six and a half points. And I'm going to make a score prediction as well. 
because I lo- I'm gonna take it to the next level. I'm gonna say Buffalo seventeen, New England nine. That that sounds like a live betting option right there. Yeah. So uh, all right, game three, night game. Uh, this is when the gigsmas party will officially yeah, be kicking off. The gig will officially be gigging at this point. Yes. Because uh, I think these these games start uh, right around regular kickoff, like noon. I think. Yeah, is, I think it's like noon, three thirty, and seven or seven thirty, if I recall right. Beautiful. Just the way sh- you should spread them out. I, I don't have it up on our big whiteboard here, unfortunately. Yep. Okay. Well, we uh, did. Don take his whiteboard with him. Mm. That's a good question. I didn't speak to Don about the whiteboard. Uh, I talked to Kevin Lindsay in terms of transitioning offices. If they had any extra whiteboards here for the banger bunker, sounds like they do not. Do you think maybe like if if that if that old whiteboard that we talk about a lot, you know that trick where like on a pad of paper, if you do it like the scrap, like you you swipe it side to side with the side of a pencil, and you can see what the person before you wrote. Ooh. Do you think we'd be able to do that with the whiteboard from old incredible technologies? Potentially. Potentially. Some pretty, potentially some pretty information there, pretty interesting information there. But, uh, but I think that ship has probably sailed, and we'll move on to the night game. Uh, big implications as well for the NFC side of the playoffs. We've got the Rams clinging to playoff hopes. Uh, Rams have to lose, uh, have have to win two, and Vikings have to lose two, and then the Rams would get into the playoffs, and the Vikings sadly would be out. Uh, but uh, so we've got Rams at San Francisco. San Francisco giving six. Over under of 45. Uh, San Francisco just gave up its number one overall seed and dropped to a wild card. Fifth seed now San Francisco because they lost to uh, Atlanta on a buzzer beater. Yeah, that was uh, pretty gross. Julio Jones at the goal line. Tony, as much as I want to get back some of my cash on this season, I'm absolutely staying away from this game. I don't know what to expect. No bet. It's a no no bet from Will. This is a, uh, I'm just going to put a big dash right there because I am scared to death of this game. Uh, the over-under I don't like. Uh, the Rams giving, excuse me, San Francisco giving six. Uh, I, I, I don't have a good mindset on where this game is going to go. I'm going to pass on this game, unfortunately. Uh, I, I, I hope like hell that uh, San Francisco minus six hits. Uh, but anytime I'm hoping like hell, I don't like to bet on it. Uh, <laughs> and so in this case, I'm going to flip over to the over-under. Uh, and I'm going to take the under. 45. In San Fran. The Rams looked like absolute trash this last week. And San Fran, uh, well, they've had up and down. Generally, their defense has been pretty strong. And if anything, the side of the team that rises to the occasion for the Rams is going to be the defense. I predict a relatively low-scoring game. I'm going to take under 45. So with these primetime games going, we're going to kick it over here now to Sunday night. So we've had some division rivalry games, which I give kudos to the NFL for late in the year, scheduling you know, conference rivalries, division rivalries. Uh, but now we move on to Sunday night with Kansas City at Chicago. And Chicago is getting... I'm still drinking my beer. Keep talking. You're fine. That's a, that's a good jump shot you got going there, yeah. Tony. Uh, Fade away. Kansas City at Chicago. Chicago is getting five points over under 44 and a half. Uh, I think Kansas City blows the door out of the Bears. Um, The the Bears defense, well, yes, they're good. I think they're kind of streaky, kind of sporadic. Kansas City knows how to play outdoors. They just had the snow game. That was fun. That was exciting. I think Kansas City has something to prove. And I'm going to take Kansas City giving five to the lowly Chicago Bears. So... I think you're probably right. I think that Kansas City is probably going to trounce them. I don't think we can take anything away from that low-scoring snow game. But here's, here's my one bit of trepidation. So Kansas City, not a very good pass defense. Now, 
you say, well, they're going up against Mitch Trubisky. Sounds like they don't need a very good pass defense. That's probably true. But if Mitch Trubisky was to get any sort of momentum going, as we've seen him do it in a couple games, he kind of gets, they almost go fast paced and they get rolling and he gets a little momentum and he looks like a mildly competent, fun, fun, functional quarterback. A functional yeah. quarterback. <laughs> I'm worried that if he gets rolling like that, that, uh, that, that they're going to be able to uh, keep up with Kansas City. And obviously Chicago has a very strong defense. Uh, it would be interesting to know what the weather forecast is for this game this weekend. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go against you here. I'm going to take Chicago Ooh. plus five. Dicey, dicey. So while I know this game means a lot, um, this next one and final one, Monday Night Football. Near and dear to my heart. Yes, we the have, nearest and the dearest. Yes, we have uh, Team Wisconsin versus Team Minnesota, Green Bay Packers at Minnesota Vikings. Vikings giving four and a half at home with an over-under of 45 and a half. Uh, Dave, a shout out to Dave Sandmeyer. Feel free to come up to the Twin Cities for this game. Yeah, technically he is on Team New Orleans, but for the purpose of this border battle, come on over to Team, uh, Team Minnesota, Dave. Yeah. So we've got Minnesota giving four and a half. That's uh, that's pretty interesting, because normally with a home field, just a normal home field advantage, you'd say it's a three pointer, right? And maybe with it seems like the Vikings maybe even get just a little bit more love, pretty extreme home field advantage, uh, maybe three and a half. But what they're saying here by having it at four and a half, or at least the betting public is saying, is that we like we think Minnesota is a better team than Green Bay, and that's interesting because obviously Minnesota doesn't quite have as good of a record as Green Bay. Um, gosh. Well, I'll jump ahead. Go ahead. Pick, you go I, I can I see it. the look in your face right now. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm scared. We're gonna, we're gonna mention Al Jazz here again. Okay. I may have to pack up and move into Dave Sandmeyer's basement because I'm going to take Green Bay four and a half. I think the Vikings win the game on a last minute field goal, uh, probably like a 24 to 21 type game. I think it's going to be close. Division games late in the year. I think it's going to be close. I don't think either team is going to run away with this. I will take Green Bay getting the four and a half. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go against you. Again? Yep. Oh, I'm gonna gosh. go Minnesota. Oop, that's MW Minnesota minus four and a half. And here's how I think it's gonna play out. Okay, break it down. Much like Green Bay does, what seems like every week, they're gonna start out strong. And by about 7:45 Central Time on Monday, there's gonna be some nervous Vikings fans. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be down two scores. And then Aaron Rodgers is going to do what Aaron Rodgers has done this entire year and for some reason stop being Aaron Rodgers. And Minnesota is methodically going to come back. Kirk Cousins, super Kirk, coming in, seven-point win. Mike Boone, seven-point win, Minnesota Vikings. Home field advantage. I will take it. I'm calling a Vikings victory. You're calling it a Vikings victory. Uh, We're just going against the spread at this point. so we got this great slate of five primetime games coming up this weekend. You know what else is coming up? Since we're closing in on the end of the year, Tony, we got about two weeks left till the end of the year. The Whammy Awards. The Whammies. Everyone's favorite time of year. It's award season. Yes. Uh, unfortunately for our listeners, uh, not all submissions have been completed for the Whammies. Uh, but we are taking additional submissions. Uh, so please send in, uh, you know, feel free to come up with your own categories. Oh, always accepting categories. Always accepting new categories. We've got our standard categories, 
player of the year, most improved, shot of the year, ambassador, ambassador of the year. Yeah. Uh, but feel free, you know, if you've got best haircut, best mm-hmm. non-haircut, best t-shirt game, lo- shortest drive award, mm-hmm. yeah. um, uh, lowest winning percentage against a female in Austin, Texas. Adam Fitzgerald. <coughs> um, then feel free to submit those. Yes. And we will definitely get your whammies on the air. Submitted. Yeah, this this is an award show by the fans, for the fans. We just broadcast it. Let everyone know what the consensus is among the Golden Tee players. So I'm excited for it. You can send a message to Tony Johnson or Will Sandstead, hopefully both of us, so we're on the same page. We can get your true passion for why you're selecting this award and this nominee for that award. All right. With that, uh, uh, why don't we wrap it up for the week? I think we'll probably have, I don't know, I would suspect a couple weeks off. Like I said, a little bit slow season. Holidays, I'm going to be traveling. I'm going to be in uh, Chicago for a couple days. And then I'm going to be up in northern Minnesota skiing for a couple Aren't you days. Golf- golfing with Haas here soon? Uh, well, tomorrow I'm actually meeting with, uh, with Jay Haas. Oh, Jay not, Haas. An, not, not Andy, Andy Haas. Haas. Oh, no, this is and, real and golf. And even more famous Haas. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm actually working on their lighting for their uh, family golf center. But anyway, so Hot I'm day. flying out tomorrow morning and meeting with Jay Haas. So that should be fun. Very, very cool. Um, I'll, I'll probably be here at the bunker meeting with Al Jazz and Andy Fox. But, uh, you know, why don't we close it out? With uh, some of the finer things. So, yes. Will, why don't you start with your, your finer things? So, some of the finer things, uh, being down in Austin, we had uh, Brendan Harris sleeping out on the patio two nights in a row, Saturday night, Sunday night. And while he was sleeping, some of us may have been sitting around the hot tub, drinking beers, uh, eating some Whataburger. But under those big, bright stars in Texas we could hear coyotes, myself and Al Jazz. So I love nature. I love photography. I love going on hikes with my lady, trying to find animals. We had coyotes out there. We had vultures out there. Uh, nature, get out, enjoy it. One of my finer things in life, Tony. And, I, you know, one of, like I said, I'm going up to northern Minnesota skiing. And so uh, we'll be, uh, me and the family, we will we'll be enjoying hopefully a, a not too cold mm-hmm. of nature uh, on the slopes of Lutzen, Minnesota. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're a big ski family, so we'll be up there doing that over uh, over New Year's. Look for so, owls for me. Yeah, uh, eagles. So one uh, one drive last two years ago, um, we in the in the span of about five minutes, we saw a deer crossing the road. No big deal up there. That happens all the time. Mm-hmm. We saw an eagle fly overhead. Pretty damn not, cool. Yeah, pretty cool, but not so, not very rare. And then we saw a wolf. Next to the road. Woo! Yeah, that's a bit more rare. Yeah. So uh, uh, we were presuming that the wolf was going to get the deer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the uh, wolf is a good get. Kind of like good the coyotes get. getting the uh, getting the deer at the uh, at the house in Austin. Yeah. There was uh, some weird, weird coyote screaming. So Tony, that's one of my finer things in life. Nature, get out there, enjoy it. Life is too short. As much as I sit here in the banger bunker, I'll be damned if I don't get out like I did yesterday on my dad's birthday and enjoy nature. Uh, so my final thing is going to be haircuts. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with something that I've been uh, doing a lot over the last few days, catching up on really incredible television. Uh, really a lot of good TV out there right now. I'm way behind on several shows. Uh, but uh, just, out of, just out of the gate, uh, we've got The Expanse, uh, a sci-fi show that was on Sci-Fi Channel for a stretch. Uh, and uh, is now back on Amazon. Uh, and uh, just, I'm plowing through that one. That's a great show. 
Uh, and then we've got Mr. Robot, which is just coming to a close. We've got Man in the High Castle, which just came to a close. Uh, what, I know I'm missing others. We've got uh, that one on HBO, The Watchmen, that I've been told I have to watch. So uh, we're coming up on holiday season, a lot of time off of work, a lot of, a lot of nights after skiing where you're nice and tired watching a little television. So that's what I'll be doing. I'll be catching up on some TV, uh, really great TV right now. So you're talking about getting back into this. A lot of people are streaming, cold weather. You're not getting out doors as much even though I love nature you love nature uh, being indoors does one of those so far stand out to you in terms of hey this is a must watch for our listeners so you've got um, the first three so uh, the expanse mr. robot and man in the high castle if you haven't already started that's a pretty big commitment those are all great shows uh, they're all on season four uh, Mr. Robot and Man in the High Castle, that is their last season, so season four is the final season for both of those. Uh, the Expanse just came back on Amazon, that's season four, they've already renewed for season five. That's based on an uh, existing sci-fi novel that has an incredible amount of information uh, and has years to go. Um, the Watchmen is the first season off of HBO. Uh, I haven't seen it, but I think they're probably eight, nine episodes in, I've heard really good things. And then um, Castle Rock is another one that I didn't list in that. That is in season two. And that's kind of based off of, it's a horror, is probably too strong of a word, but it, it's based off of the Stephen King universe. So it's not a specific hmm. Stephen King book, but it's, it's set in Shawshank. And it's got little bits and pieces from a bunch of different uh, Stephen King work. And that is on Hulu. Interesting. So, uh, yeah. So uh, I would recommend all of those. Uh, your smallest commitment is going to be Watchmen. Your next smallest is going to be Castle Rock. My favorite of all of those shows is The Expanse. Interesting. Interesting. Finer things. Yeah. I, I, I love it. You're going to finish your jump shot. I'm going to finish my Blue Mountains. You got family obligations. I got panda obligations. So I'm going to sign off for Podmore Get Better Podcast. Will Sanstead. Tony Johnson. Have a great week, everyone.